Good afternoon and welcome to Pisking Picks with Ryan and Dave. My name is Dave. I'm Ryan. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How about you? Fantastic. We're talk about football again and what's better than that? Not much, let me tell you. So I'll let you take it away, Ryan. What do you got for us today? So today we're going to be going over um, what some would say is uh, the weakest division in football, potentially, um, and that would be the NFC South. Um, so we are going to jump right into it, and we are going to start with the furthest team north on the East Coast, and that is the Carolina Panthers. Um so, obviously, they traded up for the number one pick, uh, and they selected Bryce Young. Um, their biggest additions, as far as um, the offseason has gone so far, have been, in my opinion, um, Frank Reich, uh, a guy who was a quarterback guru. Um, he tried to say Carson Wentz didn't work. Sorry, Indianapolis fans. Um, but... Uh, you're giving Frank Reich the keys to the Lamborghini because that's what Bryce Young is, a young, hot commodity uh, that the league wanted and the Panthers wanted so much that they gave up. Some would say a King's Ransom for. Um, so, yeah, um, we're looking at them at potentially being uh, kings of the NFC South um, with how weak that division is. Dave, what are your thoughts on the Carolina Panthers? Uh, I am excited. I know a couple weeks back we had chatted about who would win this division, and we talked about if a team got to nine wins, they may win the division. And then you said, nine, a team with eight wins may win that division, as it did last year. Um, I'm pretty high on the Panthers. I know right now we're looking at uh, all the sport books, FanDuel, Caesars, BetMGM, all have their over-under at seven and a half wins for the season. Um, like you said, great addition in Frank Reich. Um, I also have some other additions that they had, which was uh, Deshaun Williams from the Broncos. Loved that pick on their, for that defense. Uh, Adam Thielen, the longtime Minnesota Viking wide receiver. And Miles Sanders, the longtime Eagles running back. Uh, they're going to all fill holes of need. And I think the team is going to go over in that wins. I know seven and a half. Uh, they went seven and ten last year. I think with all the moves they've made this is a better roster than last year um and again in the weak division so they have to get eight wins for me to hit my over yeah i'll take my over at eight wins so i'm gonna disagree with you on that i have the under um i think to me as much promise as this team has i think it's gonna take a year or two um fair rookie quarterback i'll give you that rookie quarterback and they lost probably their their best weapon, um, and that's Steve Wilkes. Um, the Panthers defensively, um, that was kind of their identity last year. Um, and Steve Wilkes has now gone to the Niners. Um, so I think that defense is going to take a year you know, to round into itself. I know there's skill on that defense. You have Jeremy Chin, J.C. Horn, Brian Burns. Um, you got some dogs there. You do got some dogs at all three levels. You do. Um, but I just, a new system, I know you get a full off season, but, um, Steve Wilkes is a really good defensive coordinator who, in my opinion, got, he got fucked by Carolina because they didn't give him that job. Um, it should have been his job. 
he's it's going to show um it's going to show this year when I, I think they're going to struggle on defense the first few games um and you can't have Bryce Young throwing for 400 yards um you know, his first four or five games out um so they're going to struggle a little bit in that regard uh I can see this team hovering around seven wins um but that might that, that might get you to the division <laughs> with, with, with the way this is you're right um, is there any draft picks that you would consider uh, that stood out? Obviously, you mentioned Bryce Young, but anyone outside of Bryce Young that they decided to draft that you're like, hmm, I think this guy could could be something. I know we mentioned DJ Moore's gone, so the wide receiver market is kind of open there. You know, I know they made a couple acquisitions besides stealing the also at DJ Chalk, which was a good pickup. But does anyone else that they've picked on offensively or defensively that you're like, I think this this guy could be a good addition to the, to a building team. They took a guy early in day two by the name of Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Um, he, in my opinion, was underrated um, just because Lane Kiffin run first guy, especially um, with Jackson with Dart, Jackson Dart, and uh, Judkins there, uh, elite running combo at quarterback and running back. But when Mingo had the ball in his hands, he did unbelievable things. Um, can come out of the slot. He can beat you down the field. Um, he was the number one receiver on that team by a mile. Um, and he's just going to give Bryce Young more help that he's going to need, especially, you know, coming into his rookie season. Um, so that was my that was my favorite draft pick there. Fair, fair. Actually, it's funny you say that. You know, we never talk about Ole Miss as like a wide receiver – you, but over the last couple of years, there's been uh, quite a few guys who've come from Ole Miss who have translated extremely well to the NFL, and Mingo has a chance to just kind of continue that. Um, I also loved him getting drafted. I have a little bias for my one of my favorite draft picks, late round pick by the Panthers, but it's Jamie Robinson, uh, the safety from FSU. Uh, like you said, they have all young guys. His defense is relatively extremely young, especially in the secondary. I think... He, James Robinson has a uh, James Robinson has a chance to start not only day one but be a very big impact player because that secondary is young ball hawk. I have a quick side note as well. Um, Miles Sanders has not been the healthiest running back in the NFL the past couple of years. Uh, this is this is the make or break year for Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Chuba is it? How do you say Chuba Chuba yeah Chuba Chuba. Chuba. Sorry uh, if you ever listen to this podcast. Sorry if we butchered your name. Uh, we'll get it right next time. Um, this is, this is his year. Um, I know they have De- Deontay Foreman. I don't, is he still No, there? he's gone. He's, he's gone. gone. He went to Chicago. That's a, that, that's a departure that I, I didn't, I consider it one of the bigger departures, but because they brought Sanders in, they did fill the hole. But I mean, people have to realize at the end of the year, Deontay Foreman was running all up and down that field. Hubbard as well. But like, Deontay Foreman was running back one there. And there's a reason he got that nice little contract with Chicago. Oh, 100 percent, and it's again, like I said, this is this is Hubbard's year to solidify himself as an RB two. And could be an RB one. If Sanders is hurt, you, know, you get a point that he could be an RB one. I I think that that's a valid argument there. But uh, I guess we'll have to move on down south now, uh, from Carolina all the way down to the great state of Georgia, uh, and move over to the Atlanta Falcons. And that's a team that uh, I know you picked 
to win the division. Um, again, I have Carolina just eking it out. Um, I love the offseason acquisitions by Atlanta. Right now, uh, you're looking at FanDuel has them at over eight and a half wins. Um, you're going to have plus 100, uh, where Caesars and MGM have them just over under eight, uh, which is Caesars is minus 135, that MGM is minus 115. I would take the over, the over eight and over eight and a half, because worst case, if you get to eight, you're going to push. Um, but I think this team's getting nine wins. Uh, their secondary has been completely worked. Um, bringing in Jesse Bates, it's a huge pickup. Um, Bud Dupree's also there. I kind of forgot that was a, uh, an acquisition they got from um, – he was – Bud was just in uh, Pittsburgh, right? That was his last spot, or was he up in Buffalo? I think he was in Pittsburgh. I just think it's a good for pass rush. You know, and they also got Taylor Heineke, which I like that pick a lot because if Desmond Ritter doesn't work out, which again, right now they're saying Desmond Ritter, we're going with you. You know, we draft to be John with our first pick. Um, we drafted wide receiver last year, Drake London. The year before that was Kyle Pitts. You know, they're going all offense. So the guy's going to have weapons. So if Ritter plays well and doesn't um, hurt them, uh, you know, I think nine wins is, is definitely possible uh again 14 that went seven and ten last year i think nine and eight is is definitely possible i think if they play well and they control the run game which is what they did most of last season i mean this team could honestly get to ten and seven and i know i may sound crazy saying this but i could see them going 11 and six uh and that comes down to if that new rework secondary which has been a huge struggle uh can mesh together you know now you have jesse Bates on the back end you also Brought in, uh, you have AJ Terrell, one of the best corners out there. They traded for Jeff Akuda as well. So, like, they're going to have really good guys in the secondary. So, like, if that secondary can, like, you know, almost be a Legion of Boom-esque, not saying Legion of Boom, but, like, uh, a poor man's version, like, getting nine wins is definitely going to happen. And you could see 10, maybe 11 wins. I think that's, like, their their ceiling is 11. But, Ryan, what about you? What do you think? think who, do you, who do you like? Who do you not like? Who do they lose that you think, uh, you know, could hurt them? I mean, when you look at when you look at who they lost, uh, you know, Casey Hayward, Rashad Evans, Marcus Mariota. Um, those are probably the three biggest ones. There's no, there's no name that really sticks out there. Marcus Mariota, bum. Um, yeah, I would agree. He was pretty bad last year. Casey Hayward is probably the biggest one just because of you know, his tenure in the NFL, like he's just been around the league so long that you know, he kind of could just fit into any defense and did there. Um, but they went with youth. Um, and that's, that's kind of, the Falcons are a really good young roster build right now. Um, you know, you have guys who are on their, their second or third years and their rookie deals. And that's kind of what you need to build a Super Bowl team. Um, Again, it's all going to fall on Ritter's shoulders, kind of. Um, but a sneaky pick that they got in this draft, Clark Phillips, corner out of Utah. Um, Love that pick. Some would argue he was the best corner of the Pac-12. I think he was. Um, just cause wow, that's that's saying something, especially with uh, Mr. Gonzalez over in New England. That's why I said someone argue. Um, but he really, he really only had problems against Jordan Addison, kind of. I, and he still kind of shut Jordan Addison, Addison down when they played. Uh, Matthew Bergeron, uh, a good early day two pick, um, solidifies that side of the line for Ritter. 
um, with your RPO game. Uh, it's it's really going to come down to how well the Atlanta Falcons can run the ball. Uh, you're potentially looking at an Eagles 2.0, uh, a team that will just burn clock and just wear you down, and they don't care. Um, they don't care. They're, they're going to run the ball 55 times a game. Every time I think of teams like that, I always think of the line from the blind side. Run the dang ball, Bert. That's what the Falcons are going to do. And, and if it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Think about how many years the Titans did that. The, I mean, my family's really living off of making the playoffs, winning playoff games, saying, hey, we're going to throw 15 times today. Maybe. And they got the line out there. They have a good line in the line as well. Like, they have guys who can block. I mean, they ran the ball extremely well last year, and they were better running the football now. Because think about it. Their 1,000-yard rusher from last year, Tyler Adjier, is now running back too. Behind Bijan. It's it's absurd when you start thinking about your RB2. Put up 1,000 yards last year, and he's still your RB2. Um, it's just crazy. Now, obviously, you drafted uh, Bijan Robinson, who's probably the best offensive running back prospect we've seen since Saquon. So I understand why he's RB2, but it's just crazy to you know kick a guy to the to sideline after he just hit 1,000 yards in his rookie season. Um, but I, I like the over for the Falcons this year. I just think the roster construction is the best. Uh, no fly zone potentially in your secondary. Jesse Bates is going to be huge for them. They got it pretty cheap, realistically. Look, if you look at Bates' contract, it's not a backbreaking deal. Like, it's a good deal. It's a really fair deal. But, like, it's not a deal where you're like, oh, my, they overpaid for him. To me, it's like they may have underpaid for him. I, I, I think you're right there. So, do we want to move down a little further south here and talk about another team in the NFC South, Dave? Before I get there, I do want to add one addition because you've, you've hit the hammer with the line of Falcons so well. You have one sneaky pick that they made that is a guy who fell in this draft who could be, you know, he's not going to be an every down guy off the bat, but um, can definitely bring more pressure to a front seven that we've talked about that is kind of uh, shaky is Zach Harrison. From Ohio State. That's a guy who, for his entire college career, just seemed to kind of be a wrecker. He, at the right time, he would always just cause havoc. And that's a guy that I think is going to find opportunities on this, this defense where he's going to have chances to cause some havoc. So I really do like that pick. Um, I know you said he showed up. You know, in every game, and he caused that. But uh, there's two games he didn't, Dave. There oh, my God. You're never going to let it go, are you? No, I'm not going to let it go. Let me live. Let me Wait till we have an Ohio State fan on uh, on the podcast. They're really going to talk. This is going to be interesting, folks. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy some banter back and forth. I always like, you know, giving it to, a, to an Ohio State fan. There's nothing better. But uh, like you said, I'm on that note. Let's uh, travel on down to Bayou Country. Over now to the New Orleans Saints, another team that went 7-10 to last year. Um, as you'll see, people, it's been a reoccurring theme uh, in the NFC South. Either you were 7-10 or you got lucky and got your eighth win. Um, I just want to throw out there, I think the sport books are really trying to bait you um, into taking their over. Uh, every book right now has their over-under set at 9.5. And, and the caveat there is it's all at plus money. So they're telling you, hey, if you think they're going to get double-digit wins, 
We're going to give you that plus money. Uh, FanDuel is getting plus 106. Caesar is giving you plus 110. The MGM is giving you plus 100. So at that point, if you're going to take that bet, I'd recommend on Caesars. Again, if you were, if I was, that's where I would put it, just because you're going to get the best odds. Um, they did get some good good, good acquisitions. Um, you know, a team that kind of lost a bunch of people. Um, you know, think about kind of a really weak offense, really weird offense. Um Outs. I mean, Michael Thomas played like two games last year, and then remember he caught two touchdowns. Everyone went nuts. Oh my god, Michael Thomas back, and then he missed the rest of the season. Um, Boy, they lost Jarvis Landry. They I forgot they lost Marcus Davenport, which now makes the Brian Breesy pick look even smarter. You know, a lot of people were hating on that pick, but guess what? You lost Davenport because he did not ever become what you hoped. He, he was a good good player, but never the the first round. You know, was. He, 18 to 20 at that time. Um, never was that monster they hoped for out next to Cam Jordan. But that defense is still solid, really well put together. Um, they all, Mark Ingram's gone. And, you know, we're potentially looking at, I, I don't know if you know anything else about this, Ryan, but uh, the Alvin Kamara, you know, situation, I, as of now he's playing, but I know that potentially that could um, come into question with the instances off the field. That's why they went and got Jamal Williams, who just put up, you know, 17 touchdowns this past season for Detroit. Um, so I love that pickup. And they did get Derek Carr. So they closed the book on the Andy Dalton era. They closed the book on the Jameis Winston era. They're saying, hey, we know we've kind of stunk since Drew's been gone. We're going to go back and take a guy who people could argue could be as good as a top 10 quarterback. When, you know, he's on, he's on. And they've made some other acquisitions uh and that's Derek Carr. I, I like that pick. Um, like I said, they lost also Marquez Callaway, who went to the Broncos. Um, so this is going to be a really interesting team to look at. And I just think at nine and a half wins, like I have to take the under there. Like I don't see this team getting to 10 wins. You know, we already said this division for win of this division may not get me 10 wins. So you're telling me like they line is to get 10 wins. I don't see it. I, I just, they lost so much on offense. Two running backs gone. Two wide receivers gone. And both their tight ends. I know they brought in uh, Foster Monroe, but he has the whole uh, you know cancer that popped up. So I, I don't know. I just I look at that that team. I don't know what they're going to be. Yeah. So I'm I'm the same there. I'm taking the under on the Saints. Um, you know, as far as Derek Carr, um, you know, it's it is an upgrade from Andy Dalton. Um, but I, I don't know what this team's going to be on offense. Um, again, it really depends on Michael Thomas's health. And that's really, that's really the big factor on offense. You're probably looking at a six game suspension from Camara, uh, because that's probably going to get cleared up in the off season, most likely. Um, but I don't know if Jamal Williams can fill the role that Alvin Kamara has for that offense. Uh, but that brings me into a draft pick that the Saints had in Kendra Miller out of TCU. Uh, he's almost Alvin Kamara-like. Um, can catch the Extremely. Ball the can catch the ball out of the backfield. Can, you know, he's... Oh, I, want, I don't want to say he's a better runner than Alvin Kamara, but he can be when he really wants to. Um... He had games at TCU where he was the best player on the field, and that's why TCU won football games. Um, it's really the pass-catching ability 
for Kendra Miller is why I think he's going to help the Saints early, you know, when I'm assuming Kamara is out. Um, another addition that the Saints had, James Washington. I know he was hurt most of last year, but it's a big body guy that Derek Carr can throw to. That's really another it's another weapon that he gets. Now, he's no Michael Thomas if Michael Thomas is injured. Uh, and we're not even talking about Chris Olave because Chris Olave is just – He's, oh, he's a stud. He's a stud. The definition of consistency. He's going to get you most likely your your six to seven catches a game probably. And, you know, your 75 to 85 yards this is what you're going to see. I mean, he went on a stretch last year when he did that every single game. And that's with Andy Dalton. And no disrespect to Andy Dalton, but it, Andy Dalton's not the Andy Dalton of, you know, the mid-2010s. Um, and let's think, Derek Carr's better. So, like, I think you're right. You're looking at Olave's going to have a kill year, but it's like outside of Olave, uh, that's where the questions come in. It's like I can trust him, but you saw that games where Olave was either, you know, was off or they doubled him, there was really no consistent offensive weapon last year. And they lost a ton of that. Like they didn't really, I love, like you said, Country Miller, that's a fantastic pick. And that was a, know, a fourth round pick, I want to say. Like that was a later round pick. Fantastic. Fifth. Um, and also, you know, throw out that I really like drafting too. Uh, obviously, I mentioned um, Ryan Barisi before because again, that that this defense, the Saints will be like defined by the defense as they've been for the last however many years. Um, and it's more like can the offense score enough points? Um, but I do love um, Isaiah Foskey from uh, Notre Dame. Guess another another problem maker on that defense. It's like they're going to be an issue on defense, but it's going to come down to can they score points? It's going to be like last year's Broncos. You remember last year's Broncos team? Their defense was a top seven defense, but they couldn't score anything. And I'm not telling the stat in the, beforehand. If they scored 16 points or 17 points every game, they would have been like 11 and six. That's that that's how good their defense was and how bad their offense was. And I could see. That happening here. That's abysmal. Um, I just want to apologize to Kendra Miller. He went seventy first overall. So uh, okay, no, so he did go higher. Okay, I was like, well, it's still, it's still seventy one. There was still quite a few guys picked ahead of him that you can argue. I believe he went before the the kid from Tulane, who was really good. And Spears. Spears is phenomenal from Tulane, but the difference I think there is it's Tulane versus TCU and. TCU plays, plays a little. I know we you know, make the joke about the Big 12 not playing defense, but running backs from the Big 12 do uh, transition very well to the NFL. Very, very well. Ramondre, I mean, you can even go back to the days of uh, LT, Liam Thompson, Adrian Peterson, a lot of guys, DeMarco Murray, a lot of guys translate well. Um, so, I, like I said, I agree with you under. This is just, uh, I mean, I, can you see them going seven and ten again? Yeah, seven and ten, eight and nine. I think. I think a lot of the a lot of these teams, are, those the three teams we just talked about. I think that's where they're going to hover. To be honest, it's all going to. And again, like I said, I think the the highest ceiling of these three because of all, in my opinion, it's a three team race for this division. I think you would agree with me. Um, and I know what you said. This the winner may not have ten wins, but I think if one of them gets the ten wins, they're winning the division. So, like to me, that the Falcons have the most upside, even though I'm still sticking with Carolina because I just think if Bryce Young is anything like he was in college, 
I know he's going to be a rookie, but he can be anything like he was in college. This team can get to 10 wins. But I do think Atlanta has the most upside to get to 10 wins with that, like I said, possibly 11. If the Saints got to 10 wins, I'd be absolutely shocked just because I don't love their schedule either. But you want to take us down to our final destination? Oh, God. As, as much as I love the man who was playing quarterback for them last year, Tom Brady, the, the, the newly departed Tom Brady, um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to fucking suck. Um, I agree. I, I think that's me putting it nicely. Uh, you added nobody on your roster. Your best player wants out. Um, hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't hate on my boy, Chase Edmonds. Oh, stop it. Thank you, Mayfield. Knock it off. Right you know what's funny? If you, I, I know. Get his head taken off up the middle after the the, the defense has realized that Baker Mayfield can't throw a slant route, and all the all the D line has to do is stack the box. Oh my God, it's it's insane because like they have weapons, like they have players, but this roster is not very good either. Outside of like those like top guys, outside of the the couple guys in offense, the couple guys in defense, um, it's this team. I mean. What's the over and under on this on them? Six and a half. And I am taking the under, the under, the under. This team might not win four games. This is going to be a team in contention for Caleb Williams next year. Baker Mayfield, if it's probably likely he's going to be the starter because, God, Kyle Trask, you have been absolutely awful. Awful. I mean, you're talking about he was he was. Remember when he was drafted? Was it two two years ago? He was kind of put in the absolute golden opportunity. Learn from Tom, take over from Tom, and then they said, "Actually, Kyle, you suck." So we're gonna bring in Baker, who's also kind of sucked, and you're not gonna even have the job. And like, I mean, it was it was pretty much handed to you, and you fumbled back. Kyle, Kyle Trask is a product of how much skill was around him in Florida. Uh, he had a human joystick in Kadarius Tony, and the best tight end prospect we've seen uh, in, I, I don't know. 20 in, years um, since Tony. And, you know, he did have an offensive coach when he was there. Uh, and they still weren't even that good. Think about that. They still weren't even that good. I know. It's just it, – he was he was a product of the situation that he was in college because he just has been so bad and he had he had promise you know he was a second round pick he's supposed to be the future of Tampa and you bring in Baker Mayfield a guy who couldn't even start for the Browns the Brown the Browns the epitome of suck in the NFL said we don't want you anymore how bad do you have to be to not be able to start for them like just think about that and that's who the bucks have brought in to be their starting quarterback hey listen before we just beat up on baker anymore because i am a baker fan even though i can acknowledge he's not lived up to any of the hype he did play pretty well for the rams last year on a team that was a bit that was that was abysmal so like if he plays like that for the Bucks, who just are a lot better offensively, I, again, I still say they're not getting, they're not getting seven wins. Like that's that's insane to me. And again, that's why. And FanDuel, Caesars, and BetMGM they have all that plus money. It's like the Saints. It's like they bet they they're, they're telling us uh, as 
people who may dabble in gambling to take it because we're giving you it plus money. You know, FanDuel's plus 104. Caesar's plus 120. Ben is plus 115. Like, they're saying, hey, do you think they can get seven wins? But like you said, they lost so much. They went 8-9 last year and lost so much. So much. And that they said, oh, they're going to only have one less win? Like, get out of here. Like you said, this team is playing for Caleb Williams. That's what's going to happen. I saw it on – did I ever send you the graphic? It was kind of like Super Bowl contenders, playoff contention, could be dangerous, not very good. And then the bottom tier just said Caleb Williams. And they had three teams in the running for Caleb Williams, and the Bucks were one of those three teams. It, that doesn't shock me. Um, this is this is going to be a team you look at the deadline, and um, they're, they're most likely going to blow it up. Um, you can see – I could potentially see Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in different uniforms midway through the season. I take Mike Evans all day, though. Just throw that out I, there. Speaking I, of existence, I would too. Um, but yeah, I just he'll probably end up like the Chiefs or something like that. Just because he'll just somehow end up on like the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll no, find some way to just you know have no money and be like, oh, we got Mike Evans at the trade deadline for like an eighth round pick. Don't say things like that. I, it's just. Their best player probably is not going to be on the roster at the start of the season, Devin White, who has, you know, openly said he wants out. Um, he saw the writing on the wall. I will say, if Todd Bowles can grow up a defensive scheme, um, potentially this team could win six games, potentially. Um, but that defense has to go absolutely nuclear in order for them to win six games. Um, and I'm talking about give up less than, like, ten points because that's really the only way I can see them winning, like, Six, five games. If I, mean, I have my five and twelve, I have my five and twelve, and that's like a that's that's the high end. Five five wins is like oh you you played well this year. You got five wins. Most that's, likely, Todd Bowles is coaching for his job this season, and he's probably going to get canned. But here's a question: because like look at us, we're saying they're going to be bad. So is almost every other NFL analyst, NFL person like it's a known fact they're gonna stink so so, so like like does management say like have to really sit there and go like oh yeah if you stink todd you're fired because like is it really todd's fault at this point like they don't they're again it's and it's not like weapons not like they don't have players you know i love you know just side note love the cody monch draft pick just because him and ryan jensen next to each other it's like identical twins it's gonna be so cool watching them. They're gonna play bully ball in the in the A gap, and that's the only way they're gonna be able to run the football is through the A gap, because everyone else is gone. I mean, Tristan Tristan Wurst is really good. Don't get me wrong; he you know was an All Pro his rookie season, double injuries last year. So I mean, they can protect Baker maybe, but like you said, Baker really can't even throw a damn ten yard slant, which is a problem. So, so let me. This scenario just popped into my head. Why? No idea. That's how my brain works, though. Let's say the Bucks go three and fourteen, right? Get the number one overall pick. You're probably gonna bring a new coach in. Yep. No, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. You're taking Caleb Williams. How incredible would it be for Lincoln Riley to ride into the sunset with Caleb Williams? Fell coaching cop. Yeah, that would actually be really, really think smart. About, think about that. And I can get to you, Caleb Williams would absolutely over the moon if he had Lincoln Riley as his NFL coach. 
Well, you know, the last couple of years we've seen Lincoln had the the, the various chats about going pro. Um, but here's here's the thing: if Lincoln's going to get moved over to head coach, say say the scenario happens, and you're right, uh, I, I I almost try to get Todd to stay on as DC because we we've we've had this conversation to folks that are listening. Ryan and I have had this conversation at least a hundred thousand times that not just because. You're a great coordinator, D coordinator, O coordinator, does not mean you're a great head coach. And just because you stink as a head coach, there are so many guys. You could look at the history of head coaching, how many guys fail, but are so good at their side of the football. I mean, the name that always passed my head is Romeo Cornell. Absolutely defensive genius with New England. Even when he went back with, with the Browns, with the Houston not a good head coach, really bad head coach. But it's like he went back to being a, a DC. Oh, he's really good at his job. Vic Fangio. He may have not been a very good head coach, but man, oh man, he had that defensive humming. He had the defensive act in Chicago and he had the defense in Denver. And he got canned. And he's, I mean, it's still, it's just, it's, Topple's another guy. And I know it's mostly D coordinators um, because I, I think it is true. It's really hard to be good at coaching defense. In a league where they want off, you know, everything is goes the offensive way. They want offense. They want excitement. They want points. So, like, if you're a good DC, I, you know, I, it's hard to come by those guys. So, like, I almost see like if they stink and Todd gets canned, do they try to say, "Hey, Todd, could you stay on as our DC?" Because that's what you're really good at. Now, I'm not saying Todd will. I'm just thinking Tampa, maybe, just maybe. I'm going to bring up a comical example for my, my Jets listeners, Adam Gase. Remember when Adam Gase was an, was a, an offense? Uh, okay. Yeah, but see, but that's, that's, that's something I want to talk. You, see, to me, I disagree because Adam Gase just wasn't good as an OC. Adam Gase just had Peyton Manning. But he was still looked at as a great offense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but he sucked as a head coach as well, and he stunk as an OC everywhere else he's gone. I mean, I'm talking about... There are guys who are just really good at being a coordinator, not good at being a head coach. And Todd Bowles is one of those guys, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think he's a great head coach, but I think he's a phenomenal DC. You know, one of the best DCs we've we've seen in the modern era in the last thirty years. You know, the guy's just been good wherever he's been. Defense has been good. Remember Todd Bowles up in New York with the Jets as well. Not a great head coach, but it's like oh, he goes back on defense, and oh, and he's figuring it out again. Figure it out. It's kind of how you mentioned Steve Wilkes. Not getting passed over to become the head, stay as the head coach, and he goes to San Francisco. And I know it'll be a later episode, but man, oh man, it's like they lose to Mingo Ryan, and then they get Steve Wilkes. It's like the rich get richer. Yeah. It's not fair. It, it's really not. You can argue that they're you know one and the same. Maybe D'Amico. It's a younger version. Younger I think version, I think um, Steve is just uh, Steve's more versed. Steve's been doing it longer. Yeah, it's just D'Amico, he can get a little more creative, it seems like, just because of that young, that young, uh, young, I just played a couple years ago type mentality as well. Exactly. So he kind of understands, you know, he he understands the game, obviously, still Steve Wilkes does. Um, But, you know, sometimes youth is a little better than age. It's just how the game is now. So let me ask you this, Ry, before we move on to our final little topics. If you had to give me a ranking for the NFC South as of right now, what do you got? How's the division end up? I got Falcons, 
Panthers, Saints, Bucks. Okay. And you, like you said, you think if a team gets 10 wins, they're winning the division? I think if a team hits 10 wins, they're going to win the division. I, I almost have the same one. I have Panthers, Falcons, Saints, Bucks. Um, and I, same thing. If a team gets a 10 wins, Falcons have the most upside, like I said before. But if a team gets a 10 wins, they're winning the division. I don't think you have two 10 win teams. But this division will beat up on themselves um, because they're all kind of similar. Where Tampa, the last couple of years, were beating up on everyone in the division. And that's like what let them win the division. But Tampa's going to be bad, man. Like, really bad. They're, yeah, they're, they are. And again, they have some good guys. Like, I love the, 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 the Cansey pick and all that. But just, oh, God, that team's going to be bad. Like, I know last year we looked at three wins, got you the number one overall pick, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers may be right there. But, uh, Ryan, let's move on to a couple little cute topics that uh, don't necessarily have to do with the NFC South, just uh, some stuff that's going on in the, on the NFL. What do you got for us first? D-Hop released. Uh, you know, everyone thinks that, you know, a trade's coming, you know, potentially a third, even a second if somebody really got that desperate. Um, but no, Cardinals release him. T. Hopkins signed wherever the hell he wants. Uh, your four teams that are interested the most: Browns, Chiefs, Bills, and our very own New England Patriots. Uh, Chiefs and Bills are most likely out of the race unless they miraculously clear fifteen million dollars in cap. Both of them. Uh, what do they got for cap? Your Chiefs, your Kansas City Chiefs have six hundred fifty thousand dollars in cap. <laughs> And your Buffalo Bills have $1.4 million in cap space. Now, the Browns have significantly more in 13.8, so around $14 million. Good number for D-Hop. And the Patriots are hovering around $14 mil. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, you need to stop blowing all my emotions and keep giving me all these hints that you love the cold weather and you love Bill Belichick. You're going to sign with the Patriots. Please, just do it. Please. That changes everything. If he was to no. sign with New England, even if he was signed, no, Chiefs and Bills, you know, are, are favored to win their divisions. Um, the Browns are going to be playing the extremely difficult NFC, uh, AFC North, and obviously the Patriots were playing a very tough AFC East. D-Hop to the Browns legitimately gives the Browns a huge boost and oh, can it, get I, them I, the division. I think I would have to rethink my division winner because – you're not now. You're adding two All-Pro wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can make the case Deshaun Watson might win an MVP. Well, I mean, he doesn't play Deshaun Watson of last year and plays like Deshaun Watson from 2019 when he last played. If, if Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins somehow link up together, DeAndre, uh, Deshaun Watson will get his superpowers back. I can guarantee you that. Uh, yeah, I mean, what? Deion was a three-time All-Pro with with Watson, I believe. Like that. That that they that man had superpowers when he had DeAndre Hopkins as his number one wide receiver. So um, yeah, and um, we just forgot about one of the one of the best running backs in the NFL, Nick Chubb. Uh, so like, just just think. <clears throat> yeah, the the Browns could really. I mean, that the I can't wait to move to the AFC North. That's gonna be like kind of like with this division. We both agreed it's it's not good. It this is one of the divisions that we didn't really want to talk about. But, you know, we're, talk- we're going to go through over the next two months every single division and cover everyone in depth like this. But there are a couple that we have circled, AFC East, NFC North, NFC, uh, AFC North, 
Those are exciting. AFC West. Those are going to be exciting divisions to talk about. Um, um, and obviously, if you came to New England, I would be... plea for DeAndre Hopkins one more time. Please come to New England. Please. It would be very nice of you. I'll give you money if you want. <laughs> I'll give you money I don't have. Hey, maybe one day if this podcast makes us anything. Um, I got a good start. It doesn't mention you real quick. And this just made me laugh so hard, Ryan, because this is potentially catastrophic for this team. It just, to me, it doesn't matter. They change cities, they change names, but man, oh man, they are just a mess of an organization ever since Mr. Davis passed away, RIP. Jimmy G failed his physical, man. I can't get over this. You're paying the man $72 million. You're supposed to be your, your, your quarterback of now because you don't have a, a, a guy in the pipeline. I mean, unless Aiden O'Connell, maybe it's his time. Maybe they said, we'll pass it up to the 25-year-old rookie. Um, that's just ridiculous that he failed this physical and he had to get a waiver signed to uh, – oh, my God. I just can't. The, the Raiders are just a mess of an organization. The guy's made of glass. I don't know what to say. Um, here's, another, here's another crazy theory that my brain thinks of. <laughs> Can we see Tom go out of retirement again? <laughs> the type of the Raiders. Wasn't that a team? In the black and silver. Wasn't that a team when he was making his decision? They were kind of in conversation. Not They weren't like, you know, the, the Niners who were, had some real stake or the Dolphins who had a little bit of stake, obviously the Bucs. But wasn't the Raiders a team that had some, uh, some stake in that Brady, uh, you know, Run, I, I, I believe so. Yeah, I believe Mr. Davis tried to pull out the strings for him. I mean, it's Vegas, so it's, it's not that. It's not no, that no, ta- no, no property tax there, Thomas. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, it's kind of like Miami. Try to go to Vegas. <laughs> but uh, anything else you got to throw in today, Ryan? Any other little fun tidbits? No, I think uh, I think we're good here. That you know, it kind of covers the, the major news that's been swirling around the NFL. Uh, obviously, summertime's a little, little slow at the moment, um, but we'll still keep giving you content. Uh, we do have some exciting news. Uh, Instagram page has now been uh, created and uploaded. So if you want to swing us over a follow, our please, at, please give us a follow, please. Our at is pickskinspicks with a capital P for both pig. Skins and picks. Yeah, give us a follow. Give a follow back, and we'll be linking all of our episodes um, in the various descriptions when we put our posts up. Uh, we will have a link tree uh, set up so you can come to all of cover our everywhere. Catch us, obviously, our Spotify podcast. Catch us on our other platforms that the podcast will be on. So definitely give it a follow. Um, but if uh, if that's everything, Ryan, um, I just want to thank you all again for following us on this journey and uh, stay tuned for our next episode when we cover the AFC South. Yes, sir. It should be a good one.